It's so easy to listen from home. I just tell my smart speaker, Alexa, play the Shake Back Sports podcast. Here's hashtag brothers of baseball slash Shake Back Sports show from Apple Podcasts, continuing the latest episode. Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Yeah, it's your boy, Willie Epting Jr., man, live, loud, and once again in color. It's the Ballers Report podcast right here on the Warzone Sports Network. I appreciate you guys out. Appreciate you guys out there checking us out on YouTube as well as Twitter, as well as Twitter for the Warzone Sports Network. Man, we got a lot to get into once again. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone's and everyone's out there as uh, we are upon Turkey Day. A lot of exciting things going on in the world of sports. So, you already know what it is, man. You already know what it is. It is time to get it. So, here we go. Let's go. Right about now, you're about to be possessed by the sounds. Suckers get the talking, grabbing our walking, strapped to the pong, get it tossed, and smacking they sleep with the coffins. And they get greedy like Sagan. Is when you hear that music, it is another episode of the Ballers Report podcast. I am your humble host, Willie F. T. Jr. Thank you guys for checking us out all over the social media platforms. Also, make sure you check out the new, brand new Facebook page for the Shakeback Media Group at the Shakeback Media Group, man. Make sure you go and like and follow our new page there. And, of course, don't forget to smash the subscribe button right here on YouTube for the Shakeback Media Group as well as the Warzone Sports Network. And follow up both of us on Twitter at Warzone Sports S and also at Shakeback Media Group. Same thing on Instagram. All right. Uh, I, I got I to give a congratulations real fast um, to my beautiful better half, Patrice Epting, she is an amazing mother. She is an astute educator for, I don't know if she wants me to say how many years, but I'm so I won't say it. <laughs> um, and she's also an amazing wife. And just on today, or actually on yesterday, she was certified as a life coach in the state of Texas, meaning that she is now able to uh, coach those individuals or groups or whatever. Doesn't matter what state it is in because she's certified here in her home state. And her specialty is conflict man or conflict coaching as well as empowerment coaching. So put your hands together and help me congratulate my wife, Patrice, on another well-deserved accomplishment. And as a celebration and special, we are offering collectively and individual individually 20% off anybody that wants to either be certified as a life coach or anybody that needs coaching in the areas that we specialize in. For more information, you can give me a call at 469-358-5241. And you can also go to our website at, or I'm sorry, www.shakebackgroup.com. There's an email form that you can fill out. And we also have the forms there that to download for you to complete if you want to be a coach or if you want to be a client. So once again, congratulations to her for that. 
And uh, now let's get into the proceedings of the show. And we're going to get to some sports, I promise, here in a few minutes. But there's a couple of uh, social things and, and, and things that are going on in the quote-unquote real world that we need to discuss. Um, up first is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's been well documented. Of course, that was uh, at the heels of the protest and the rioters after a black motorist, Jacob Blake, was shot in the back by Kenosha, Wisconsin police seven times. He is now paralyzed from the waist down. We will no longer be able to have the quality of life that uh, one deserves and, and should have. No longer will he be able to play with his kids in terms of being able to be athletic, um, running or jumping or anything like that. So Kyle Rittenhouse, if you remember, he is from Illinois and went across the border at the age of 17, owned a AR-15 style assault rifle, unlawfully um, went across the border or went across the state line, I should say. And uh, this is when he actually shot two people or shot three people, killed two people and injured another. And he was able to walk away from the scene, go back home in Illinois and turn himself into the to the police department in his hometown. So the trial completed as of last week, and he was guilty. I'm sorry, he was found not guilty on all five charges or all five counts, rather. And then uh, one of the counts was actually dropped before the, the jury even got to deliberate. So Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 then, 18 now goes home a free man and uh there's been a lot of people out there to include athletes that have made statements uh, via twitter uh one that comes to mind was i want to say donovan mitchell from the utah jazz all he i think his his thing was shaking my head um and my my deal is this man at the end of the day we got to understand that two people are dead um and one person uh had part of his arm blown off and our prayers and, and well wishes continue to go out to those families for being victims of this. However, um, Kyle Rittenhouse is a free man, and he's not being held accountable for what he did. Now, there's a difference between being held accountable and justice being served. Neither one of those things happened in this case. And I think the prosecution did a decent enough job in outlining um, his perjury, or not really his perjury, but what, what he said different at the scene as opposed to what he said on the stand about being a medic, a certified medic, or what have you, and all those other things. So, hey, and the judge, I mean, the judge, I, I don't think the judge will be getting any Christmas cards from the prosecution uh, of that area anytime soon because the way that he berated that guy uh, on TV for everybody to see it made it seem like he was auditioning for a judge Judy episode, or maybe uh, a Supreme court justice uh, spot later on in his career, who knows, but you know, all in all, he he's, he's, he's not guilty. And I saw him on Fox. Not that I really watch Fox news, but I do check it out just to get their angle of things sometimes. And he was on there with Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson, and I immediately had to turn. So, um, yeah, but that's what that is. And then, of course, we're going to switch gears and go from Wisconsin down to Georgia as the the cases or the defense and the prosecution have both rested in the Ahmaud Arbery, Arbery killing down in Georgia where the three young men 
uh, are on trial or have been on trial out there. Of course, Gregory McMichael, his son Travis, and their neighbor William Roddy Bryant were arrested last year. Gregory 65, Travis 35, and Roddy 52. Uh, they've had their days in court. Now the jury is in the deliberation stage there. And let me tell you this, man, in terms of what I believe um, that I've seen from this particular case. I think the prosecution has done a stand-up job in painting the picture of what the law says, what it allows, and what it doesn't allow. And in, in, in fact, of the evidence that was presented in a manner in which somebody that's not as smart as an attorney is like me could understand. Now it's in the hands of the, of the jury. They completed their first day of de uh, deliberations on today, on Tuesday. Um, they will be back tomorrow on Wednesday, and we will see how that plays out. I will, of course, have my ear to the ground and my eye to the TV and all that to see how all that plays out. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, some pretty contentious times right here in the United States of America right around the holiday season as it gets underway this week okay let's move on to the national football league week 10 is in the books there were some uh, <laughs> there were some games out there this past week that i uh that i that was able to check out of course the raiders and the Bengals. the Bengals beat the raiders 32 to 13 on the strength of 19 points in the fourth quarter by the Bengals. And the Raiders, uh, it may, it, it, to me, it is looking very, very possible that the Raiders may not win another game this year. And I actually wrote a letter on Twitter at Shakeback Media Group. It wasn't really a letter. It was like a note. Basically saying, Hash, uh, dear hashtag Raider Nation, thank you for getting our hopes up once again, only to crush us under the weight of mediocrity we love you dearly however it may be best for us to see other people sign sincerely raiders fans all over the globe because that is how we feel at this point in response or in uh in in reaction to our beloved raiders after the season promised so i mean the season started out so promisingly and we actually had the number two seed in the AFC at one point of the year. Now we're down to like the ninth best team in the conference. And the schedule is not any easier because the Cowboys are up next. And I am here in Dallas and I'm not looking forward to uh, those fans that are friends of mine. And even those people who, who I have not heard from for the entire year, Landa Morgan. Yeah, I'm calling you out on the Warzone Sports, Sports Network right here on the Ballers Report pod. I'm calling you out. I hadn't heard from you all year. So when the Raiders played the Chiefs on Sunday night, you want to ask me how are the Raiders doing? Really? I mean, it's okay, dude, if we even had constant conversation throughout the year. But no, we have not. And I just thought it was really classless and typical of a Dallas Cowboys fan to do what you did. That's my brother, y'all. He's a he's a world changer. Um, and, and look, we give each other grief. He's been on my show two or three times, and that's just what big brothers and little brothers do. We fight over stupid stuff. 
So anyway, the Raiders, um, yeah, I, I, I've already – I'm not going to say I've mailed it in because a little piece of me is still hooked on that drug that is the Oakland slash Los Angeles slash Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. But, but, okay, speaking of Cowboys, they actually went to Kansas City uh, on last Sunday and got defeated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, by the way, I still hate them. Now, when you have a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who I actually hate equally, and I didn't know who to root for. I really didn't, which, you know, is confusing. I confused myself because was it because of the hatred that I have for the fans, not the team, not the Cowboys as a franchise or as an organization, but because of their fans? Is it because of that that I want them to lose? Or is it because it was Kansas City who I also, you know, I got a a hate-hate relationship with them as well because they're in the same division as the Raiders. So I didn't know who who to root for. So in a in a matchup that saw these two teams, I was going to win no matter what. <laughs> whether the Cowboys lost, I was going to win, or whether the Cowboys won, I was going to win because of my mutual hatred for both of those squads. But let's give credit where credit is due to the Dallas defense. When you have when you're out without your two best pass rushers in Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence, who's set to come back, I want to say, not in week 11, but possibly week 12, and they're missing, and you hold a Patrick Mahomes-led offense to 19 points, and Patrick Mahomes throws zero touchdown passes, I believe for the second time this year, and maybe even in his career. That's to be said. That's something to be said. However, let's also give credit where credit is due. For the Kansas City Chiefs, for a defense that has been run all over all year up until the Raider game on, on Sunday night in Week Ten, they've been getting bam, they've been getting run over, run through, ran down, run around, all just run, just ran all over, and to hold a Dallas Cowboys team to zero touchdowns, three field goals, and Dak Prescott, who is playing like an MVP. To no touchdowns, you hold Ezekiel Elliott in check. That's major props to them. Now, I understand that Amari Cooper did not play. Oh, my gosh. Amari Cooper in this. What is it with these? Never mind. I'm not going to even do that on this show. Um, and I understand that CeeDee Lamb went out with a, with a concussion or a head injury. Uh, but still, you, you, you have done things like this all year round when it comes to the next man stepping up. Cedric Wilson. Uh, um. Of course, Michael Gallup is back, uh, and and those tight ends, Schultz as well. So, and then Tony Pollard in the backfield, he actually had a good game as well. So, yeah, I mean, with that, nobody thought that it would be a combined twenty eight points for the entire game for both teams. You may have thought it would be that after the first quarter, <laughs> and it didn't happen that way. So that just goes it just goes to show you, man, that the NFL anything really and truly can happen, i.e. the Buffalo Bills, after having lost to Jacksonville Jaguars in Florida, in South Florida, or in North Florida, in Duval County, they come home and expect to get back on track against the Indianapolis Colts, who have been surging. And shout out to my dude, Jonathan Taylor, running back from the Indianapolis Colts, 
That dude got me 70 points in the Warzone Fantasy League football uh, league. And look, he is my only point uh, maker for real. And this 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 particular league, I'm I'm look, I'm not very familiar with it. I got I got the guys, man, at the network <laughs> contacting me for trade requests. And I just can't do it. I just cannot do it because I'm that much of a competitor. But anyway, back to the actual game on the field. So Jonathan Taylor, you know, over 200 yards total offense from scrimmage, five scores. Carson Wentz not making any mistakes. And what's wrong with the Buffalo Bills? My choice to go to the Super Bowl and win it. What is wrong with the Buffalo Bills? What is the problem? How have they fallen so far down in these last few weeks? Don't know. Don't have an answer to it. Josh Allen, we all know that he got the contract at the beginning of the year. I'm not saying that it has an effect on his play. I am saying what is wrong with the Buffalo Bills? Because the last time I checked, the New England Patriots are now in first place in the AFC East after going to Atlanta last Thursday and beating down the Dirty Birds 25 to zip, picking off Matt Ryan four times. And Matt Ryan probably had visions of what happened in the Super Bowl when they were up 28 to three. And then the next thing you know, they're watching Tom Brady hoist up another Super Bowl trophy. So that's what that is at, with, with that. Also, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns because I was on, I mean, I'm a guest co-host on Her and Huddle with Rachel Hill and Marshawn Powers every Tuesday and Wednesday, WOVU 95.9 in Cleveland. And there's a lot of Cleveland talk, and rightly so, because a lot of people thought that the Cleveland Browns would make a long or a, a, a deep run into the playoffs. And right now they are on the outside looking in, and they barely beat a Detroit Lions team that actually has played decent in a lot of their losses. So I actually had I actually had predicted that the Lions would beat the Browns, but for uh, you know Nick Chubb just went ballistic. Baker Mayfield, oh my gosh, the injury that he has to the shoulder and wherever else ailments he has, um, it is showing up in a big time way. And of course Emily Emily Mayfield, who is uh, quick to take the Twitter up there in Cuyahoga County came out up there and said that the team needs to play tougher or something to that effect. And then she actually withdrew as she said, but the Browns they're set to face the Ravens in week 11. That's the big brother of the division. That's going to go a long way. And the Ravens are struggling as well, particularly on defense. And then last week against the Chicago bears without Lamar Jackson, they very easily could have lost Lamar Jackson. Of course was, was out with an illness that's not COVID related. But a win is a win. And that's what I tried to tell Rachel and Marshawn about the Browns and in their performance against the Lions. You could be in a position where your team is above 500, still in the thick of the AFC wildcard chase. You got to win in week 10. Or you could be like myself or, uh, you know, people that are fans of the Dallas Cowboys or even fans that are of the Buffalo Bills or what have you. You could be in that position where, it looks like the arrow may be pointing down for those teams, not necessarily the Cowboys, but the Cowboys have had some struggles too. They've lost two of their last three to AFC West opponents. And then of course they got the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Oh Lord, I'm so nervous. Cause I don't want to hear it. I may have to go into seclusion uh, for a while. If this is going to be a blowout, like the Raiders have actually gotten blown out the last two weeks. And this offense is better than any of the other offenses they're going to face. Oh, Lord, y'all pray for your boy. 
pray for your boy. Pray for you. Okay, never mind. All right, so <laughs> moving on in uh in week 10, um the San Francisco 49ers are quietly making their way back into the conversation. Uh they went to Jacksonville and and beat Jacksonville on the road in a late game. You know how it is for a West Coast team going to the East Coast, but they, they went out there. Jimmy Garoppolo played a good game, very efficient. The running game is what it is, and the defense, I mean, it's really not hard to play good defense against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have one of the weakest offensive lines as a unit in the league. So uh, shout out to the 49ers, man. They're they're getting there. And then, and then how about how about the Arizona Cardinals with Colt McCoy going up to Seattle without Kyler Murray for the second straight week? And Colt McCoy hangs, what, 380 yards and passing? On the Seahawks, and they come out with a big win. They're just really just, in my opinion, at this point, just biding their time until Kyler can get get healthy, so they can make this huge stretch run towards the end of the season. Okay, um, I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Like I said, they beat the Raiders, but uh, from from their standpoint, I I thought that the Raiders would be able to uh, hand it to them, particularly in the secondary, because to me, that's the weakest point. Uh, weakest part of Cincinnati's defense. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are quickly becoming that duo. They are, and, and LSU teammates, of course. Jamar's a rookie, and Joe Burrow's in his really, you can really say his first year, his one and a half year, because he was injured last year for the a good part of it. Um, and then you got to think too that Jamar Chase did not even play college football last year. And if you guys remember, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or yeah, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Thaddeus Moss, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., all those guys were on that same offense for LSU. And Jamar Chase was the number one, or he was the best receiver out of all those people. Now we see what Jefferson is doing, and we see what Chase is doing as well. So that's your week 10 roundup for the NFL. Um, spoke a little bit about the Thanksgiving matchups, the Raiders and the Cowboys live from Jerry World, aka the Blast Furnace, aka the Chicken Fried Nation, aka Jerry World, right down the road off the 30 here in Texas. And then, of course, you have the Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints live from the Superdome and Detroit and Chicago. Um, a tradition that's like none other as they continue to put those two teams, no matter how good or how bad they are. So we're not going to even talk about the rest of that. So let's uh, let's talk about some NBA right here real quick uh, before we get up out of here. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the, the second edition of the Malice in the Palace, and I don't even know if they still – I don't even know they still call it the Palace uh, up in Auburn Hills with the Detroit Pistons play. But LeBron James and the Lakers get a win against the Detroit Pistons, uh, but that wasn't the story. LeBron James and Isaiah uh, Simmons – from uh from the Pistons got into it and if you saw Isaiah Stewart I'm sorry uh if you saw the footage it didn't look I mean uh, Isaiah Thomas is I mean I'm sorry LeBron James is not a dirty player anyway this is the first time he's been suspended in his career he's going to lose approximately what 400 $400,000 from this but when I saw it it didn't look anything malicious I believe that when Stewart saw the blood matriculating from his head down to the floor, that said that's that set something off in him. And as Marshawn said in her in the huddle, 
uh, Isaiah's hands are registered because he is a he has I guess he's a a boxer of some sort, and if he does damage by punching somebody, he could go to jail. He could go to jail. So with that being said, um, LeBron James suspended for the game against the Knicks. Uh, Isaiah, I mean, uh, yeah, Isaiah um, suspended. Stewart was suspended for two games. So he's going to come back and and he's going to lose, I think it was like 40 grand over the two games. So I I think that the, the NBA, well, let me just say it this way. I think the sports landscape in general during these times, the mindset is so much different from the heyday when I was actually playing a little bit and keeping, uh, you know, following it a little bit more closely, especially in terms of college basketball. Uh, but that's just where we are in the world at this point, and we have to adjust because they did the adjusting for us in so many words. Okay, um, other basketball notes. Um, look, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Ben Simmons saga, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of seeing it on TV. Um, apparently, the 76ers are now finding, or they've been finding Ben Simmons game checks. And if you remember, he just signed that large extension uh, uh, last year. And who knows what's going to come out of that. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy times in Philly. And how about the Golden State Warriors, man? Can we just give it up to them? Because I actually had tweeted this when they played Brooklyn last week when they they just destroyed Brooklyn in Brooklyn. And I said, yo, Steph Curry, 34-year-old Steph Curry is every bit as good as the 25-year-old Steph Curry, if not better. And I say that because not only is he shooting the ball insanely, but he's also talking about – or he's also a lot smarter. You know, a lot more rich and a whole lot smarter. Yeah, that's what Steph is from 25 to 34. And they're doing all of this without Clay Thompson, without James Wiseman. Shout out to my cousin Dino Carr in the Oakland area. He's a big Warriors fan. Shout out to Laneric School Morgan. He's a big Warriors fan. You guys ought to be feeling pretty good uh, at this point. All right. I, I'm just about out of time. So, uh, Ball out. My final thoughts is uh, is pretty much this. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. There's a lot to be thankful for. Um, there's a there's a lot of things that are troubling in the world, of course. But, you know, there's a lot for us to be thankful for. And I am glad and I am thankful for all of you guys that that watch this program every week. I think for all, I'm thankful for all you guys out there that that follow us on Twitter, you know, all of the people that are going to come forth at some point. I'm thankful for the for the Warzone Sports Network, as well as the BGC Sports Network, where the Shakeback Sports Show is housed, as, as well as the uh, Hashtag Brothers of the Baseball Show. I'm thankful for all of that, and I'm thankful for having health, life, and strength. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Y'all make sure that y'all take care of each other. Y'all love each other. Y'all hug each other. And we will talk to y'all again real soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace out. And go forth and be merry. <laughs>